2: sports podcast presented as always by the homies at Breckenridge Brewery Um, really just an excuse to always pick Justin's brain on uh, college hoops and talk Nuggets basketball with my guy Spence who I always feel like his love for the Nuggets shines through a guy who uh, really takes pride in being able to see Nikola Jokic live as much as he possibly can and with that perspective, you are ready for fatherhood, I can tell you. So you're already, yeah. <laughs> like, well on your way, Spence. Happy Monday to you all. Alyssa Marie, super producer behind the ones and twos. Fellas, how are you doing? How's your week been uh, treating you? How was your weekend, rather?
1: Let's
2: start
0: with you, Spence.
1: My weekend was good. Uh, we had a f- couple of events here at the bar, so I was here most of the day Saturday um, and then got to watch the abs come back from a couple gold deficit yesterday at Ball Beautiful. Arena. That was Had great. Had a little bottomless brunch before that, so I fell oh, asleep wow. at 7 p.m. yesterday. Wow, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was quite the Sunday. Legend I And I woke up at like 7 a.m. and felt refreshed. I was good to go. Beautiful. Sunday fun day, dude. Yeah, oh, I took that to the max yesterday, yeah.
0: I had a good weekend too. CSU came back, won an improbable game. It's one of those where the ESPN graph is way down here, and then all of a sudden they shoots way up. That was fun. The Avs were a lot of fun. And outside of Nevada blowing a 22 point halftime lead, I had a really great day gambling on Saturday because Love that for us. I bet on Kansas when they went down like 20 against Baylor and got it at like close to plus 300, which hit in a major wow. way.
2: That's nuts. Big 12, always such a fun league to gamble on, man
0: it's the best it's the most stressful and it's the (laughs) one that i recommend live betting on more than doing the pregame because you kind of got to get a feel for it but live vibes but it's it's definitely a lot of fun
2: yeah um so let's start it off by talking nuggets um as i mentioned i do really enjoy talking hoops with both you guys which is why we're here um Post deadline though, we get a week off. I am very anxious to finally see them again on Thursday. Been a little unsettling, no Nuggets basketball, you know.
1: Yeah, it is. It's kind of like that reset that you need, where it's your it gets taken away from you. It's coming back, but yep. You, yep. like a few nights, like I'm like, what am I gonna do from 7 p.m. to 10? <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm gonna watch a show, and so I want to get right. back to the my favorite show which is the Denver Nuggets on, on the basketball court.
2: I know. They are the best. Um post deadline though, Justin, how are we feeling, man? How do you think uh how that Bones trade and all that treat you?
0: I mean, it was it was kind of a bummer how it all played out just in terms of he was a really popular guy, obviously was a, a friend to DNVR, so that was Sure. That was a disappointment. I like rocking my Bones shirt, but as far as the the Nuggets and where the rosters at, I mean it's just a win. Like you get Reggie Jackson, you get somebody who you can yeah. now trust to yep. run that second unit. You can save Jamal a little bit over these final six, seven weeks, which I think is huge because you want him healthy going into the playoffs. And then you add Thomas Bryant, who's a serviceable big. So, I mean, going from potentially, you know, having to rely on, I don't know, Deandre Jordan or Zeke Naji or something like that down the stretch to having Thomas Bryant, a guy who's going to be able to play capable minutes for you. I think it's huge. And, yeah, the overall depth of this team just feels like it's in the best position that it's been since what? Since Jamal went down, probably after not after the, long after the AG trade.
2: Yeah, it's been a long while, and that Reggie Jackson move makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, because first two games after the trade, it's kind of like, e, they really need that lead guard off the bench. Right, and I think
1: what makes what makes the bones move the most sad. Obviously, big DNVR guy, so that's like personally sad for all of us, but really just. The Nuggets are a weird team where they're like a younger team, but nobody's on social media. Nobody's like kind of Mm. outspoken. Nobody's like overly fun. And Bones was that guy. We finally had that guy that would like after a game, like tweet something and everybody's just like super excited about it, you know? And, And he'd like get the crowd pumped up and all that stuff and not saying Jamal and Joker don't do that. And they're good enough players where they don't really need to do that to have their name out there. But that's the one thing I miss the most from Bones is just the the community aspect of like he would connect with people versus where the rest of Nuggets, you know, Jamal's had a few uh, posts go out right, that he didn't want right, to yep. and different things like that where those are like more accidental, um, you know, communication with the fans whether it be social media or or in the arena when he's pumping the crowd up. So I think that's the biggest part. I think from a play standpoint, he definitely let all this talk affect his play the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So even though he was in the game, it was kind of like, dude, this guy is not. This isn't the bones that we thought we were going to have this year. Yeah. And does it suck to lose a guy like that, especially as young as he is? Yes, but it's kind of like a chips all in getting Reggie Jackson, like Mr. June is one of his nicknames. Like I, I saw he, or I was listening to something, and he had like average like 14 points, then 16 points, then 20 points in like a three different rounds of the playoffs in just a year ago. And no, do we need that from him? No, right, but is it a guy right. that's ready to do that? Yes, and and I think it was a perfect move.
2: Yeah, that's huge. And th- the Thomas Bryant addition is really nice. I mean, that really makes a difference. But back to Bones real quick before we move on to Yoke and kind of the what more can you say about, I mean, the greatest talent we'll ever see in a Nuggets jersey. Basketball is weird like that, man, where it's like there's only so many guys in the world who can warrant – having the ball and being that like you know like that primary scorer on the perimeter like there's only so many guys who you'll put up with everything else to warrant giving them those touches and i think bones had some minutes some moments where he warranted that and that kind of like dissipated after a while
0: you need role guys in the nba and you need guys that are willing to be role guys Mm -hmm. in the nba Mm -hmm. and it's just not really bones personality. I no. mean, kind of going back to, what, yeah. you you know, even what Spence is just saying, he's, you know, flashy and it's a lot of fun. And I, I enjoyed watching him. I think he was a spark plug. He's also the kind of guy who can shoot you out of a game and can make, you know, really erratic decisions. And I just feel like you have a much more dependable player right now. in Reggie Jackson, he's been there in the moment yeah. and that's what the nuggets yeah. are going for. You know, like it's not really a, you know, we got two, three years to look forward to right. the development right. and we'll see what happens. It's We're healthy. We're going for a title now. We're the number one team in the West, potentially going to have the best record in the NBA. Either you're in and you're going to, like, buy into this role or you're out. And we've all seen how Malone is with young guys. Like, he was hard on young Jamal. He was hard on MPJ. He was hard even on Jokic, but all of them came out of it better. I don't know if you could have solved it in the way that they seemed to clash over these yeah. final two months.
2: Yeah, just kind of weird, kind of a bummer. Um, changing gears, Spence. I love one of your lines around the office of you go to as many Nuggets games as possible because you cherish being able to see Nikola Jokic live. Um, uh, he plays for Team LeBron last night in the All Star game, four, five, and six night. Who cares? Twenty minutes. That's great. Um, but what can you say about this first half of the season, man, where he has like taken a stranglehold on back-to-back-to-back MVPs?
1: Well, in the uh, quote of Donovan Mitchell, what he's doing is fucking crazy. And it's, here, it's here. three straight years of like, okay, he can't be better than he was last year, and he did it again, and one MVP. <laughs> so and then it's like, oh, well, he won one MVP, no way he's going to win two, he can't be better, and he did it. And then it's like, all right, come on he's won back-to-back you know the nuggets haven't had the playoff success which is uh, you know not his fault like that that's one of the biggest things that annoys me is the people that don't watch the nuggets a ton everybody's entitled to their own opinion but they're like oh yeah get him out of the playoffs i'm like dude the dude couldn't do more in the last two years of the playoffs it's not like he gets to the playoffs and averages 12 7 and 4 and just disappears no the dude was doing everything he possibly could in the playoffs so it's you know the the team has to be better around him, and right. the team has to be healthy. That's the big key. Um, but then he goes out and he's averaging a triple double. He, you know, the DraftKings always offers the points, rebounds, assist bet. Forty five is like comical yep. because you know he's going to hit that yeah. every night. And it's like, do you go to fifty? Do you go to fifty yeah. five? Um, he just and he just controls the game, and that's what I think makes a lot of people mad. Is yeah, Joel Embiid can score thirty five a game. But you, you can beat the Sixers when he scores 35. If, if Jokic scores 35, you, you're not beating the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. But he's also, he can score 20 and dominate a game in, in a fashion that no one else can. So it's just truly a special talent and, you know, maybe the best overall passer since LeBron James. Not since, I mean, LeBron James is still in the league. But just a guy that he, he makes passes guys don't even think about making.
2: It's insane. I mean, Justin, that's part of the fun of being able to do these pods is giving people... Like you're obviously an avid Nuggets fan, and I'm sure you lose your shit anytime Jokic does amazing stuff every night. But you don't get to talk about them every single yeah. day, you know. So, um, I mean, it's just one of those where, like, what more can you say? I think I think Spence put it perfectly. But there's like a million different ways you can go with that. And yeah, I mean, I, I think I just it was want to give you the floor.
0: <laughs> well said. I just coming into this year. I I did place a preseason bet on Jokic to win the MVP just because, you know, you hit the last two. Why not go for the third? Yeah. But I was telling myself the only way he's going to be able to get this is like if he averages a triple-double. But on top of that, the Nuggets are a top one or two seed. Mm-hmm. So it's not people trying to yep. poke holes in the stats and do the whole Russell Westbrook argument. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's done both. I don't think the voters necessarily want to give him a third straight MVP. They don't have a choice because he's the most impactful player in basketball. By a mile. And it's just been one of those where he went out and he took it. Like each year he somehow comes back and he improves upon what we've yep. already seen. Oh. And like, there's a chance we still haven't even seen the best of Nikola Jokic yet, because based on the last four years, it's just an upward trajectory mm-hmm. and who knows where it stops.
2: No, it's crazy and his conditioning just gets better. We never talk about how durable he is. No, and, is and that's
1: it's insane. That's part of the big reason like Justin was saying they don't necessarily want him to give him the MVP, but he's been the dude, like if you take your straw poll or whatever, he was there week one and he's still there now. It's like okay, Embiid has a good week, he's up there, then he's oh, then he has four games where he misses or he's hurt. Um, you know, and then oh Tatum's had a great week, he's up there, oh Giannis had a great week, he's up there. Um, and Jokic has just been that flat line of like, mm-hmm. I'm here all the time. Like, yep. you know, he shot under 50%. <laughs> Harrison tweeted that a couple weeks ago and now it's like a thing on nationally. And he's still only one game where he shot, um, under 50%. And which and is then, absurd. Yeah. Because they, that's, everybody video game like, that's better it, than video game. Numbers. Yeah. Right. Everybody like. throws that in there. It's like, Oh, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't score 35. How can he be an MVP? It's like, dude, watch the guy play. He he doesn't shoot a shot that I don't think he shot a three pointer in like two three weeks. Um, so take the under on that bet. That's the only under you're ever going to get with that guy and feel comfortable about. It seems like, but yeah, he he just truly does what the basketball game needs. If he needs to have 17 assists, he does. If he needs to have 24 rebounds, he does. He doesn't doesn't force anything. And you know, if he was if he was truly like a uh, look at me guy, he would average 35 a game Easily. if he wanted. Yeah. yeah, and that's the crazy part is he just takes the game as it is and doesn't you know if he, like you said
2: if he wanted to average 30 a game he could and he almost did last year when he needed to that's his true genius though he is so efficient a, a robot like efficiency but then he can feel these moments he can pick his spots and he can do anything he wants whether that's getting his teammates buckets whether that's you know controlling the game by him getting buckets he's just he's just insane he's a he's a basketball dream you never in a million years when i was a little kid creating prototypes of like different players on nba live the prototype of like some seven foot center who's like a mix of bird and magic but a more efficient scorer than either it's it's this is not we're leaving we're living in a dream like this isn't reality um, he's just madness I, I, I'm at a loss for words for what to say for him I mean it's just impossible yeah I think everybody is <laughs> like, it's just impossible um, it's what makes
0: him such a decisive topic or a divisive topic though you know it's like if if you don't watch him and you love him or if you don't watch him and you don't love him and you only see him once or twice a year and you see this like big dumpy like awkward looking guy who barely jumps you're probably like really this is your this is the best guy. No but he's just one of those you have to see and you have to understand. It's not only what he can do, which is dominate anybody anywhere at any time. It's He's making everybody else on the floor better. And really like LeBron, That maybe that's the only other superstar in my lifetime that I could say like consistently did that. Not 2023 LeBron, it's more about trying to break some of these records, but the it's not the 30 a night, it's the eight and the eight that stand out as well.
2: Yeah, I'm... I have a hard time even thinking of basketball players from my era that had this kind of just all-encompassing impact on the offensive end,
0: and genuinely could could not care less nuts. if it's about him or not. Like mm-hmm. he would average ten points a night if the Nuggets were the one seed, but it was effective, and he was getting you know fifteen assists. He uh, doesn't care.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is the Nuggets come back Thursday against the Cavs, and then Saturday against the Grizzlies. Could, I mean, locking up you know, mathematically might be a little excessive, but they'd, I mean, they could be six games up on the Grizz and really kind of have that one seed lockdown
1: by this Saturday. It's insane. I actually was looking through some of my old DraftKings bets because I was like, why? Like, I thought I had some more money in there, and I found that I had placed a preseason bet on them to be the one seed in the regular season. Completely forgot about it for months, Beautiful. and now I'm I love like, that. and I, yeah, it's now it's insight in mind, but it was out of sight, out of mind mm-hmm. for so long, and it was like a, a longer shot. I think it was, I want to say like plus twelve hundred or eleven hundred at some point, um, but yeah, they they could have it locked up before February is even over. Crazy, and and that gives you the opportunity. I think the biggest key for them is, they need to, like thinking of them having every game that decides a series most likely at ball arena is huge. I mean, what? 27 and four at home altitude. It just, they mm-hmm. dominate here and it doesn't matter, you know, who they're playing. But I think with the additions of Thomas Bryant, and Reggie Jackson, the more they can have an experimental couple of weeks mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, the That's better they're going to be because it's great like, point. you know, like we know what Jokic is going to bring. Is it, it gives time. Like, Jamal's missed the last six games. Doesn't matter. They're 7-2 and two in their last nine. Oh, I know. He's missed thing. some time. Yeah. It hasn't
2: mattered one bit.
1: No. If you've got 15, you can put 15 out there with whoever... And they're going to make it happen against yeah. even the league's best teams. And so sure. I think it's huge for them to not have to necessarily win games down the stretch where they can be like, yeah, and they their schedule in April is a joke. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like the 10 days of April. They play like three back-to-backs and have a couple days off here and right. there and travel to Utah right. and then come back here. So if they can just kind of, they don't necessarily Post, need to win those yeah. games. And they're like, hey, you know, let's uh, let's play Reggie Jackson. Let's start Reggie Jackson. Let's give Jamal a day off. Let's, let's see what Jokic and Jackson look like together because – as we know, the rotation's going to go down to eight or nine guys in the playoffs. Who are those other four? I mean, you got to think Reggie's one of them. Bruce Brown is obviously one of them if they're mm-hmm. fully healthy. Thomas Bryant, you know, maybe a matchup thing. Do they need a big? Mm-hmm. Do they not? And then, you know, Zeke playing in here and there. But who's no. that last guy, like, that you're going to trust? And they need to know those guys and, and have that ready to rock because Yoke's going to do what he does and the starters are too. But who fits with Reggie the best in the second unit is going to be a thing that they find out. 100%.
0: I hope it's Christian Braun.
1: I love him. He's so great. He, he is. If Malone could build a player ha. that just like does everything that he wants them to
0: do, it would be Christian Braun. He's a college basketball player. Yeah. Like playing in the NBA, just a- the exactly. dirty work. Yep. Like,
2: it, just total system guy out of Kansas. He was so great against Luka a couple games back, you know. Um, that was one of my questions, is, you know, as they've kind of found ways even while not being a hundred percent who who's been like your favorite unsung hero um i think christian brown's one of the guys you'll hear from a lot of people vladko's the other one who stands out to me vladko's been amazing
1: vladko's target Jokic, like (laughs) he's target walmart brand Jokic. he does everything right like you never see vladko make a play where you're like you know will barton's a guy that in the past like good basketball player and he kind of wore out his welcome here but You'd like be like, why did he do? You know, hands on the head. Why is he yeah, doing yeah, yeah. this? I've never seen Vladko do that. He shoots open sh- open shots and makes it a shitload from yep. three when he's open. Yep. He makes cuts. He makes plays. Like, and he's he's not the guy that's you're gonna be like, why did he do that? You right. never ask yourself that. You're just like, oh yeah, he just oh he, shit, he had twelve and seven again right. when he starts. Like, right. he's just that guy that you can plug and play anywhere, and he makes the same reads. Makes this like he looks like Jokic out there, just not. You know, on, in the same stratosphere.
2: He's been amazing, man. He's been such a nice revelation this season.
0: He's a role player that understands his
2: role. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Novel I, concept. You know, they, they could always use a few more forwards or people can give you minutes on the wing. So uh, I am not mad to have Vlaco and Christian Braun. I am not mad to have these guys on the show. Talk a little college hoops, but you're going to have to wait just a smidge longer for that one. On DraftKings Sportsbook, though, you've got all the hookups, NBA No Sweat SGPs, um, MLB Futures coming up, March Madness right around the corner, college conference tourneys coming up, uh, you got some off-season props for the NFL, always a great time to be on the King of Sportsbooks and get in at DraftKings, use that code DNV. when you download the app now and sign up and uh, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, since we're talking NBA. And then if you haven't yet, go check out our new partner, Shady Rays, where exclusively our listeners can get the best deal right now going on at shadyrays.com when you use code dnvr or visit them at the park meadows mall where you'll get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses these are great glasses outstanding quality you can just hold them in your hand and you feel these aren't some cheap glasses they're great quality great lenses and they're already amazing prices because that's what shady rays does they're like designer glasses for 50 bucks. But on top of that, with this deal, you get two pairs at that incredible price. It's, uh, it's amazing. Me and the wife, we already have like five pairs combined. Um, so we're loving it. I would urge you to check it out and try it yourself. Um, because they, you know, they're top to bottom quality of glasses, customer service, the deals they offer, they are premier quality. Very, very happy to be partnering with them. Very, very happy to have an adult in the room at Dove Valley. You guys are football guys, okay? You you'll talk hoops. You'll get your hoops fill in this one. That, that was a weird accent that came out there. Um, <laughs> uh, but I am here to talk your beloved Denver Broncos. Justin on the draft pod gets to give some Broncos takes. So we'll start with you, Spence. Sean Payton in the building what's your early feeling your early returns
1: well you said it perfectly there's an adult in the room now <laughs> there sure is and people keep asking me like is Sean Payton going to make the Broncos a lot better and I, and I can honestly not give that take like inside you know the inner me says yeah absolutely yeah and th- but now we're at a true point where 2023 will they make the playoffs eh, you know we'll see what all moves they make i i think a lot of former Peyton guys, Sean Peyton, that is, are going to be here um, starting twenty twenty three. Whether that's on the offensive line, the defensive line, wherever. Um, but I think the thing that I'm most excited for is we get to find out if this talent on the and the roster is actually good. Yeah. Because it if great we're not going to have a question of does he know when to call a fucking timeout, which yeah. is we've literally dealt with that for seven years and three head coaches, not knowing how to work a fucking mm-hmm. clock, like or like. Pick up a blitz. Yeah, just I keep talking about. There's awareness. like
2: five different quarterbacks, different O linemen, different play callers. They this team couldn't figure out how to pick up a blitz. Yeah, it was absurd. It was like high school football level <laughs> shit.
1: It was it, crazy. Exactly. So that's the thing. Is now I think the the true pressure of this season is on the players because we know Peyton can coach. You know, we know. Do we know Russell Wilson's still a good quarterback? We hope so. No. Do we know this defense is actually as good? They're going to go through a third DC in three years now? Right. Do we know they're actually good? We will find out. But but I think there is a sense of, all right, we've gone through three first-time head coaches. None of them worked out. Frankly, they were all a disaster, really. Um, and, and <laughs> what worse
2: than I, the next? My yeah, God. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I cannot wait to not have to worry about a coach telling our coach when to call a fucking timeout. Like, another coach, you know? So... I'm really excited for, for the fact of like they should be ready to play every week and then it's like if they're five and 11 again okay well right that tells you boom, the old boom boom yeah. boom gone gone yeah. gone all these players like because Peyton's gonna be the guy that's like I also am excited for a little bit more of a you know we thought the Hackett stuff was cute and I loved it I was like I love this guy I love his Star Wars I love that he loves Russell Wilson's wife I mean in a certain <laughs> way but you know like I, I we all thought it was cute. And it turned to be a fucking disaster. Yeah. And Sean Payton's not going to come in here and be like, oh yeah, you know, here's this and here's that. Like, you guys, you guys want to do your own thing? You want to have a, a party today in in the in the locker room. You guys want to have a chill Friday practice? It's like, no, dude. We got our ass kicked last year. And and the players, you know, I think the players need that in general. And this isn't like a super veteran locker room. You got a veteran quarterback, you got a couple veterans on the defensive side, semi-veterans on the offensive side, mostly a young team. Like, let's see if you can play. And he's going to put them in the right
2: position to do that. Yeah. Well said.
0: I think you just needed a personality that could combat Russell Wilson's personality Um, and ego, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, I, I don't like saying that because I think you kind of need it to be a good quarterback. But I also think there's a degree of Russ viewing himself at a level that he just isn't like that. He's a Brady, you know, Manning type guy and that he deserved that type of status, you know, whether it's the office or all the special treatment. And, you know, when you're winning, that's all great, but that stuff wears on you pretty quickly. And the difficult part, I think just for Nathaniel Hackett as a first time head coach was trying to like balance showing him respect and, and keeping him happy, but also, you know, like trying to, be the guy it just it didn't seem like he had any control over the situation and sean payton from day one is going to come in and be like look russ you're a talented guy Mm -hmm. it's not going to be my system you're going to do things my way it's not going to be about russ's quarterback trainer or Russ what russ wants it's going to be about what is best for the denver broncos and i think it just became too much about russell wilson Mm -hmm. and his brand and let's ride and all that and it it, Mm -hmm. If, it if they would have won, we all would have, you know, drunk the Kool-Aid and been all into it, but yeah. it didn't. It crashed and burned in a major way. You needed to get an adult in the room. You did it, and you got one of the, you know, most brilliant offensive minds in all of football. And after watching the Chiefs beat the Broncos for, what is it now, six straight years, at the very least, we're going to be interesting. We might still be bad. Yep. but they will be interesting at the very least and I can live with that right now.
2: Yeah. And just not being in situation where you're just squandering games at the end for like the heck of it, basically. Um, and feeling like you can really maximize all your players, especially on, on offense, you know, and have a coherent philosophy that you can build the team behind, I think is going to go a long way. The other thing that gets me excited is it's a long-term build. Like the, the trades are, you know, they hurt you. It's, gonna take a minute to recoup that value but it really shows like this isn't a one or two year fix this has to be like a long-term plan that's set in motion um and hopefully pays dividends you know for several years to come still no defensive coordinator staff coming into play any preferences is staying in a three four the right call I think it somewhat depends on what
0: your personnel looks like, right? Is, is Singleton back in the lineup? You know, what are, right. are you going to commit right. to Jewel for more than you know a year? Like, I think that's where it's going to kind of get interesting. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't see why you'd change. I guess at this point, unless you're going to have drastic personnel changes, yeah. but that's where I'm at. What do you think, Spence?
1: Yeah, I think there's if they can leave the defense as much the way it has been. You know, it hasn't been the yeah. issue for years. Right. I do think getting Alex Singleton back um, is huge. Uh, I actually talked with Alex last week. We were down in Phoenix together, um, and so it's uh, right now. It's not um, as as hopeful as I have been in the past. I tried to talk him into coming back, but my um, you, you know there, there's an pull th- the there's an agent in there and there's things in there. So that part of it is a little you know. But it's I think overall and another guy that I feel like they can't let go is Draymond Jones. Like Draymond Jones needs I to be a Bronco next year, whether that's a tag. Um, guy's just too good and can play too and many that positions. D-line on depth, yeah.
2: you know, you like he's key. Yeah, he's key. He's gonna be very hard to replace if he's not coming back.
1: So. Yeah, and honestly, like the four three is like I, I think it. And I mean, you play nickel, what eighty yes. percent of the snaps, yes, yes, anyways, yes, yes, and yes. and so that's why I think you know, hopefully Darby's healthy. Obviously, you've got the best corner in the game on the other side of him. Quan Williams is a great slot corner. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what they Amazing do season. at uh, safety. Yep. Um, Whether, you know, I've heard Justin Simmons' name in the trade rumors. Um, Caden Stearns looked like he was going to be promising until he got hurt at the end of last year. I don't think Kareem Jackson's going to be back, Um, Mm -hmm. so they're going to have to fill a safety spot there, and Stearns kind of seemed like the guy to do it. Um, But they also played Stearns a lot as like a linebacker, basically, until Alex Singleton kind of took that over and was like, hey, I can play the middle of the field when I need to in passing downs. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see what they do personal-wise, but I still think that they are the level of team and just getting Sean Payton here just they just still have that credibility like I don't know a lot of teams yeah. that are as bad yeah. as the Broncos the last seven years that still have that like hey we're the Denver Broncos you know Elway it's not even in the fold anymore but he always had that like aura about him where it's like you walk into his office as the GM you're like holy oh, shit that's John Elway right players see that you know mm-hmm. and, and I still think the Broncos have that power you know I I drive by in power almost every day the field and that new screen you know like they're just they're doing things Mm -hmm. to keep and having new ownership it's like everything is in place now for the team to start
0: winning i think
2: absolutely um as far as the dc i don't know why anyone's low on rex ryan who like
0: had nothing but success with every defense that he's ever let he's
2: a weird quirky guy who cares his dad literally built the 46 Bears defense. Like, what, what are we What are we doing? Um, super aggressive. That'd be lots of fun. I actually think up front they would change a lot if that was the case. Like, I don't, you know, I mean. Now, Rex hasn't coached the defense in a long while. I'm also very intrigued if they were to adapt maybe a Seattle-style um, defense with more of that press cover three on the outside. And I wonder, would that help PS2? Would you maybe be lessening his impact? Those are all kind of intriguing things. Rumor swirling, though, you kind of mentioned it, Spence. Trade rumors. If you were to trade a vet on the roster to get a return, obviously, you know, it's a bit of a Sophie's Choice. You don't want to see talent leave, but inevitably you might have to see some talent go to replenish the the cupboards, and especially with cheaper, younger talent. Who, who would you let go of? Uh, you know, a guy that I think... It's kind of
1: – I don't think a lot of people are talking about him as a trade target because he came back from injury last year and had like a mediocre season, much like everybody on our offense. But I, as much as I like the guy, I think Cortland Sutton's a, a trade target. Yeah. If Tim Patrick's back healthy and they put Jerry Judy in the right part of the field, shocking that an offensive-minded coach couldn't figure that out for 15 weeks. <laughs> but um, I think they their receiver depth is great. I unfortunately don't consider – KJ Hamler like an NFL player. Like I just don't I, I I don't see him being healthy for an entire season. So that part scares me. I think having Sutton, Patrick, and Judy is pretty insane. But I also don't like trading Cortland Sutton doesn't get you what it would have got you Pro Bowl Cortland Sutton of two years ago. Absolutely. I just do not like the two trade targets that everybody's talked about, I don't think it's worth trading Garrett Bowles. I think he's been a, you know, all the shit aside, all the holding calls aside, like the dude's a pretty solid left tackle, and you don't just find those anywhere. Um, and I also definitely – I don't think trading Justin Simmons is the move either. I think he's the leader on a great defense no matter who the coaches have been, leader in the locker room, just a good all-around dude. I, I, I mean, if it, it's, it all matters on value. But with NFL trades, some of them have been just kind of wild lately, and you're like – well, if you can get two firsts for Justin or a first and a second, like yeah, you got it. No. Every trade is makeable. <laughs> you and know sometimes
2: it, there'll be NFL trades where it's like, Oh, they just traded that dude for a fourth. Like, wow, okay, I guess. Right. Yeah. And and that's where I think the NFL is actually kind of changing. Mm-hmm. Is like
1: when even I mean, even to two years ago when the Broncos traded Vaughn, what did they get back? Two seconds or a second?
2: A second and two thirds. A right second right. and
1: two thirds. So yeah, like the value of first round picks is to me going down in a trade market because it's like the Broncos basically traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton So the, the clearest way you can kind of look at it in a pick swap. But yeah, you four or five years ago, you'd see NFL players traded for six rounders. And you'd be like, dude, how many six rounders are going to be near as good as that guy? Now contract right. factors right. into that too, but I don't want the Broncos to get into this mode of, I don't necessarily want them to rebuild. I don't necessarily think they need to go all in for a title because you don't know how good your quarterback is. But my biggest problem with teams that quote-unquote rebuild is you got to have some adults in the room and guys that have been there to, in order to do that, in order to build that younger talent successfully. Training a guy like Simmons, you're like, okay, yeah, Patrick Sertan's a, a great player. But is he a leader in the locker room in his third year? He leads by example on the field. But I don't, I don't personally believe in... Even on a rebuilding team, you got to have some vets and you got to have some guys that have been around and I personally want think Justin Simmons wants to see this team turn around cuz he got drafted the year after they won the Super Bowl um and has never really seen a winning Broncos team which is kind of a disservice to him in general, you know? Mm-hmm. Like and he he's not the reason they've been bad. That's for sure. Right. Right.
0: I came in thinking bowls but yeah, I Bulls I, I, I would move plan. Sutton as well. I think I oh, think Spencer's yes, yes. logic is spot on. And yeah. I think when you look at the receivers that you could target in this 2023 class, I just, there's a lot of big bodied guys. I mean, whether it's, you know, Quentin Johnston of TACU or something like that, like Peace. you could go get a guy on a rookie deal that can make plays and is, you know, that number two slash number three, depending on right. where Tim Patrick's right. at health wise and all that, because mm-hmm. that's, been kind of a up, up and down over these last 18 yeah, months or so yep. but when he's healthy he's a great option to move the sticks red yep. zone judy is all over the field like really sutton feels the most expendable in this
2: offense um i the would move the tight ends maybe set. too yeah yeah tight ends is uh is interesting i'm i'm torn on bulls um I, I just system wise i wonder how he fits i've always thought bulls would be better at right tackle, but maybe it's just not run blocking well enough to to be moved at right tackle. And maybe in that sense, you could move him. Also, I mean, Peyton has a track record of, like, Taron Armstead, the best left tackle for the last half decade. It's the only, like, all-pro left tackle that wasn't a first-rounder, basically. It's crazy, a third-rounder. Um, so, you know, you you have some some optimism there. Certainly, Sutton's a toughie, and uh, Simmons is a toughie. Because I see a lot of the top safeties in the NFL, especially single high safeties, they're found later in the draft. It's IQ, which is undervalued, but in your last line of defense, it, tremendously valuable. Um, but to just assume, oh, we can find another Pro Bowl safety and leader of our defense. That's a massive gamble, obviously. Um Justin we talked draft year round, anyone you would target if you were to get a mid to late first rounder um, you know and and you swapped one of the guys the names we just tossed around.
0: I like the receivers. If you, if you move Sutton, then I'm really intrigued in, you know, the Quentin Johnstons of the world. Mm-hmm. I like Joey Porter Jr. a lot, the corner out of Penn State. Yep. I think if you put him opposite of PS2, then you really have a lot of options, especially what you were talking about of like, well, maybe you, you do explore going cover three at that point because you've got the physicality That's length for days, and length and you've got a safety that can roam. Like it just opens up some versatility there that I don't know that Denver currently has with the corners. It just really all depends on, you know, 15 versus 25 is going to be drastically different yeah. with this class yeah. and what you're getting. Yeah. You know, if you're at 15, you might be in the Quentin Johnson range. He could also go top 10. It wouldn't shock me if he did.
2: No, not at all.
0: No. But if you're 25, you know, then I'm probably looking more at, like, offensive tackle range or, like, you and I both love Darnell Washington out of Georgia. I oh, think he'd be yeah. worth a late first-round pick.
2: Right. Um. Before we move on, Spence, any area you would kind of like your... Top priority to seek improvement next year.
1: Yeah, I think I think they should probably just draft like four offensive linemen at least. Just get guys like I mean Quinn Miners they found in the you know yeah, what fifth third, or yeah, yeah or third round yeah. So I think uh, offensive line is a huge key. I also think getting just getting younger on the defensive side of the ball is kind of important just from yeah. a standpoint of like you got you know they had like guys to learn from and then they cut. A bunch of guys and then draymond's yeah. been hurt so i do think you know finding well and a guy that like i i didn't i didn't grade him out but like a guy that was played actually really well uh towards the end of last year and was just a, a consistent guy was matt henningson and that's like a six round pick yeah, yep and he you know he was there and and healthy and played well so you can find those guys i would like to see them get a receiver in the draft especially yeah. if, if you move sutton and the receivers are just a you know Guys have inflated numbers in college because they played at, in a you know, Pac-12 school or wherever where they just throw the ball around, but also there's guys like, I mean, even like DT coming out of college way back in the day, no no numbers turned out to be a phenomenal NFL wide receiver just because of his body size. And you can find, you know, you guys have done a lot more draft mm-hmm. diving than uh, I have, but there's a lot of guys you can find in the third, fourth, fifth round that, I mean, people can hate on George Payton and say he's, uh, you know, whatever they call him now that essentially they think Sean Payton's going to run the team, but... Dude has a really good track record at drafting guys, so Especially I feel confident skill players in that. Yeah, and, and
2: developing uh, skill players. Yeah. I
1: think one thing that I think they need to keep one guy they need to keep Latavius Murray. I think Latavius Murray was a great mm-hmm. pickup middle of the year. You know, played the two London games, getting thrown around. But I think you know Javante Williams is obviously RB one, but you know I think Sean Payton can do a lot with with Latavius Murray just being that solid. You know guy that can come in and play third down or do whatever he needs to do. But, like, we don't know when Javante's going to be healthy by. Hopefully he's just killing it and ready by the start of the season. But I think keeping Latavius Murray around, especially since he was, you know, from what he said out of his mouth and Sean Payton's mouth, one of the reasons Sean Payton's here. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him re-signed and give him, you know, a couple years, a couple million, and let him be the the veteran in that running back room. I'd I'd love
0: him back.
2: Yeah, that would be really nice. Um, I'd love to see a little more speed at wide receiver.
0: Jalen Hyatt's a guy that I really like, especially late first round. I mean, obviously you're worried about health stuff, but yeah, I, I would love it.
2: There's some little jitterbugs that popped at the Senior Bowl too that have me intrigued. What has me really intrigued is being able to offer this amazing deal, Breckenridge Brewery and DMVR teaming up to give fans the ultimate game day experience. It's just unbelievable what we're offering. And VIP tickets, Lexus Club Access, parking and DMVR merch for both Avs and Nuggets. Head to the slash Breck Sweeps and uh, complete the form. We just need you to fill out, just know the most basic info about you to pick out a winner. Must be 21 plus. And um, go to the link in the show description. Avs the game is on the 9th of March. It's a Thursday against the Kings. Two tickets to section 102, row five. And then the Nuggets game is Thursday the 30th against the Pellies. And it's two tickets courtside row two, just amazing deal. Please take advantage. Enter your name. Hope to see all our community get in on the fun because really is some outstanding deals. And right now Illegal Pete's is the place to go here at the DMVR office we're hungry for lunch. We all head over to Pete's, just down Kofax from us. Um, you know, they, there's so many ways to go with Pete's. You want a nice strong margarita? They've got you covered. You, you're eliminating carbs or other stuff from your diet. It's a great place to eat. You just want some delicious Mexican food that they're making right there in front of you, and they'll serve and hook you up with. They've got you covered there, illegal Pete's. Check them out, man. They just, uh, they've got it going on every which way. And, um, yeah, check out their premium margaritas. I did a little sample testing, um, working last hard. week. Yeah. Working real hard. Actually drank on the job quite a bit last week and it, it got me Spence. It got me. You, you were at that sampling <laughs> with the bar staff. You seem to handle that better than me. Yeah. I, um,
1: I, uh, I shouldn't say I drink on the job more frequently than I should, but it just kind of lends itself to you know.
2: Hey when I'm in a bar, I just when in Rome, you know, do it, it up. It just happens. After that, I went to a a rapids kit reveal party that was open bar, so oh, I was man. I was in trouble that day. I was in trouble. But check out illegal Pete's; you will not be in trouble yourself. All right, boys, college hoops. Dude, locally, what's happening, Justin? Huh? We had uh we we kind of got spoiled the last couple years. We we actually had bubble teams. Um Rams, of course, made the the tourney last year. Um, you know, we, we've seen some some really good players come out of both CU and CSU the last couple years. Not so much this year. Feels like a, a bit of a dud. Yeah, I mean
0: it's it's been a year that did not live up to expectations really for either side. I wouldn't say that. You know, expectations were were sky high or quite as high as they were last year going in just with the recognition that you lost David Roddy. I mean, you lose a first round draft pick as a Mountain West team. Like that's going the conference player of the year. That's going to be impactful. Right. On top of that, not only did they lose him, it was the timing of when they lost him. He waited till the very last day to decide if he was going to declare or not or come back. The CSU coaches respected that, obviously, as they should have, give him all the time that they need. I mean, they would have loved to have him come back. But because he took so long to decide if he was going to go pro or not, it really limited the recruiting pool that they had to go out and get him. They still were able to uh, sign a a couple of guys that are pretty great. Patrick Cartier is a D2 All-American. They brought him in. He has one of the best field goal percentages in the country. He's top 10 right now, best in the conference. But the other guy that they signed, Josiah Strong, He's played like one and a half games. He's mm-hmm. been suffering from complications of mono. He's a career 45% three-point shooter at four and a half Jeez. makes a game. Wow. So at a high volume, he was a guy that was supposed to be their three and D their wing. It was just one of those situations where a lot of weird things kind of added mm-hmm. up and make sense to why they've struggled. Now I, I would still say they've not won as many games as they should have. Even mm-hmm. on top of that, they should mm-hmm. have been better than they were, but it makes sense that they've taken a, a Steep drop back, given you know you lost Roddy, your best signing or at least in theory on paper in, on paper from the off season doesn't end up playing. Like that's right. a really tough right. spot. Yeah, you don't have the continuity that you've had the last four years. You lose a couple of guys to transfers in that way. It's been a lot of weird stuff. Isaiah Stevens missed you know about ten games with an ankle injury, but or a foot injury. Now he injured his ankle again. It's it's been one of those years where when it rains it pours. I also think CSU could be dangerous come conference tournament time. They've kind of figured it out with their Mm -hmm. rotation of late. They're finally getting healthy for the first time all season. I mean, we see weird stuff happen. Two years ago, Georgetown as an eight seed ended up winning the Big East. And, you know, I think it was Oregon State as a five won the Pac-12. They stole CSU's bid. Like weird stuff kind of happens that way. The Rams could get hot. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean, who? Rams, Air Force, Buffs, anyone you would place, like, a dollar on to be a Cinderella and uh, make the tourney completely unexpected with just an amazing little conference run? Conference tourney run, I should say.
0: I'm going to go CSU, not because I'm a Ram guy, but just because Isaiah Stevens. I think he's the best player out of any of those three respective rosters. He's the most experienced. He's the most likely to take over a game. If you're CU, I mean, Tristan Silva certainly could get really Mm -hmm. hot, carry you through the Pac-12. I I just think CSU would probably have, like, more to go for, I guess, at that instance. Like, if you're CU, it's kind of more about next year and all these signees you have coming in. Like, the the future is very bright for this program under Todd Boyle. Air Force has a bunch of freshmen. They've already exceeded expectations. So, like, they're on the right spot under Joe Scott. For CSU, you kind of have – you know, this veteran roster that was supposed to do better and, you know, Isaiah Stephens, Tanjay, guys that have played a lot of big moments. I could see them getting hot in Vegas just because they've been here and they played together in this moment.
2: Right. Moving past locally, March, around the corner. This is when uh, a lot of people, myself included, we kind of start teaching ourselves, oh, this team, oh, that player. Who are the teams and players uh, to keep in mind? Either of you, you know.
1: Um, I, well, one thing I'll say is I haven't done a full, like my full mm-hmm. March Madness, like get ready yet. Yeah. I've seen a few stats here and there that are like the catch all stats where it's like these, the last 10 national title winners have had this efficiency on offense and this defense, whatever. Um, and so there's a few teams in there, but I, I don't know if I can ever remember an NCAA tournament where there's not a team that's like, whoa, they they should win it, like they're better than everybody else. Like Alabama's been a one, you know, Kansas mm-hmm. is good, but they're mm-hmm. they lose. like you're seeing blowouts in games that like of like two ranked teams and the lower seeds winning. So I'm for one excited of just the chaos of what seems yeah. like it's always chaotic, no matter if you. But if you look at like the final four the last three or four years, you probably could have. Being smart and just picking the better teams, I like, could have predicted most of the Final Four this year. I don't know if like I can say that you know I haven't watched a ton as much as I will the next two weeks leading up to the tournament. But overall, I think it's just going to be a chaotic NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, Purdue just got upset. I'm seeing like uh, Kansas, for example, has the fourth shortest odds on DraftKings to to win the NCAA tournament. They're dogs tonight to TCU.
0: Well, I mean, that's just the strength of the Big 12 is insane. They're going to get eight teams oh, in the tournament. It's also
2: been the year of the home dog. That, too. And right. So it's, and that's, you're always I, on that. that yeah. Those four more than college hoops, the home court ma- advantage matters. Um, so yeah, just picking back off that.
0: One. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like Kansas. I think they're the most complete team that I've seen in the Big 12. I think they have the, biggest firepower just in terms of when they get going with dewan harris and, and grady dick like their offensive potency is just hard to deal with baylor is really dangerous as well and that's mm. why it's it's kind of intriguing to me you can actually get them to win the big 12 at plus 800 they're baylor, only that a game beautiful. back beautiful. right beautiful. now <laughs> and they play like the two teams ahead of them in the standings. so they're they have an opportunity to overcome this it's interesting that you're getting that much value but i think it just has to do with Kansas and the confidence that the, the odds makers have in them winning down the stretch especially at home they have the best home court advantage in all college basketball
2: there you go any other juicy um
0: Creighton potentially to win the Big East is interesting plus to 240 two forty. They're one game behind Marquette and they play tonight I believe or tomorrow tonight or tomorrow so you have an opportunity to get
2: there the book does this, Spence. They overvalue who's in the lead in the standing. So don't they don't they give you great value on like the next team that's right there.
1: Yeah, and that you can get that in even in the Big Ten as well right now. Like Purdue's kind of struggling. And I think there's other teams in the Big Ten that shockingly enough, like they're having kind of Cinderella type years, mm-hmm. teams that you wouldn't think would normally be there. Yeah. But yeah, they're like minus five, I want to say minus five thousand to win the big 10 right now and minus 2000, like, I'm minus 2000 I'm and there's there. just a, a bunch of other teams that are right there that you can get crazy good odds on yeah
0: boise state at plus 280 they're only a game back as well they host san diego wow. state next saturday so not only do they have an opportunity to play sdsu they get that game at home i mean san diego state they're a little up and down offensively at times they're really experienced so i feel like at this moment I have a hard time seeing them kind of choke down the stretch. They host CSU tonight, maybe CSU. I mean, CSU beats them all of a sudden you're going to get basically even money at Boise state. Right. So I would, I would consider it just the fact that they still host them and they've, Mm -hmm. you know, really come together of late. They're also getting healthy. They finally got Marcus shaver back. It's worth sprinkling. My, my pick was Nevada a couple weeks ago. I got it at plus 500. All they had to do was win. they were up 21 at half would have coasted to the end would have won. But, uh, class that's why he can't that's why he can't trust reno he can't ever trust reno that's why jay norvell got out of there
2: that's right these i mean and these kids you know you never know what you're gonna get even arizona and this is one you and i have talked about um to win the pack plus 450 seems like good enough value to me
0: they could get hot enough at any point yeah. like they have the talent to go with anybody they've been inconsistent much like kansas but they they have the firepower to go with anyone
2: yeah, have fun with it. Know your stuff. Listen to Justin, and uh, it's going to be a good March Madness. It's going to be a good March of college hoops in general. Fellas, thank you so much for doing it. Check Spence and all the great stuff him and Mitch are doing at Big Drive Energy. Of course, Justin, with all his amazing coverage on Rams, we will be doing DMVR bets in just a minute. Tune into that for your boy and his picks behalf of Alyssa Marie, rest of the crew. Thank you. Have a great week.